Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is the Profitology Podcast, episode number five with Allie Brown, one of the world's most recognized entrepreneurial mentors to seven and eight-figure iconic thought leaders. Welcome to the Profitology Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly O'Neill. Profitpreneurs are rewriting the rules for entrepreneurial business success in how they operate and scale their businesses, make more money, and design their businesses to give them more unplugged time in the process. Each week, join me for insightful and candid interviews with the most brilliant business minds, celebrity influencers, and fellow profitpreneurs who are disrupting the status quo and are going to leave you inspired to rewrite the rules in your own business. Let's get started. We are thrilled with the response we are getting for our brand new podcast. And I have to tell you, this has definitely been a labor of love for me. I could not possibly be more honored at the impact that it's already making for entrepreneurs around the world. And if you're someone who's enjoying the show, you're enjoying our guests, please take a moment to leave us a lovely review. Even a few words or sentences make a huge difference in us reaching more entrepreneurs around the world who need to hear the innovative messages that my guests and I are teaching. And today is no different. I am thrilled to bring you a very special guest, Allie Brown. Allie and I have actually known each other for 15 years. And this year, I joined her premier mentorship program, which is exclusively for iconic women thought leaders who are shaking up their industries and changing the status quo. You can actually check out a lot about Ali, uh, you know, her full bio on my show notes at profitologypodcast.com. But here are a few of her highlights. She reached the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing companies, as well as being named by Forbes as one of the women to watch. She also had a very pivotal to her life episode that aired on the ABC show, The Secret Millionaire, which I think she'll probably talk about a little bit today. She is the host of Glambition Radio, and she is a wife and a mom to five-year-old twins because just really typical to her, she can't just have, she doesn't do anything small, so she's got to have two. She's got to bang it out of the ballpark. So today we're going to be talking about cultivating the courage to be iconic in your industry. So if you are someone who's ready to become a visionary market leader in the industry and flip the script on business as usual, Get ready for a conversation with Allie Brown. So Allie, welcome to the Profitology Podcast. Kelly, it's great to be here. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this show and how we met, which was so many years ago at a Mark Victor Hansen conference. And I was running around totally doe-eyed, new in this market, had no idea what I was doing in the whole like coaching, mentoring marketplace having just come out of corporate, in walks Allie Brown, and she is the easing queen. And I just remember thinking to myself, I want to be like her when I grow up, but I want to have a business like her. You were the one with the cool branding. I had like a crown thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't have much else going on. Okay. I thought you had a cool brand. I don't know. I was (laughs) impressed with you. 
I thought it was cool. My oh my God, MVH. Those were the days, man. Those seminars. Oh like, I don't know if any of you listening know who Mark Victor Hansen even is, but can I give a little context? Oh, please it's, do. It's a great flashback and quite in contrast to what we see today. So back then, anyone who had a seminar, you could sell air at that point, pretty much. <laughs> you know, like it was like this golden age of the seminar and people packed in and they were all excited to be there and all these different speakers. And I'd rented a booth and, and so had you and a lot of us were there. And it was this like exciting time that all this was new and we were teaching marketing and internet marketing. Everyone would start businesses because of technology. And it was just this very exciting time where, to be honest, like even very simple, basic stuff, if you shared it with people, their minds were blown. We've seen a lot of changes since then, but I actually have fond memories of those days. I think it was a ton of fun. I do too. You know, and one of the things too, that I was thinking about as I was preparing this is back in those days. You know, business coaching was really just getting started. When I had started my quote unquote business coaching business, and I say that because I do consulting now, but I remember walking by Wells Fargo and they had a sign up saying, get small business coaching. And I was like, oh, it's becoming mainstream. It's not just the few of us. And it was really just such a pivotal moment. But also at that time, to be a business coach, you actually had to have business experience. You know, they were coming out of corporations. And this is how they were serving the entrepreneurial market. They, you know, they were coming out of tried and true business backgrounds. So it's a little bit different than now. It is different. The sad thing is the people with the qualifications now are getting lost in the sea of online personal brands, right? Which I'm sure is somewhere you want to go today, but it's, and it's a big conversation to have, but we're in a much different time right now. And it, it's critical for those of us who have the experience and the credibility to make a strategic effort to stand out. Exactly. And that is exactly why I had Allie Brown on this call today, because that is exactly what she and I are going to be talking about. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how your business evolved. And, you know, I kind of have this note here. You went from agency brat to easy and queen to mentor of iconic thought leaders. How did that roll out? The beginning stages were probably not dissimilar to many of you when you're starting your business in that, you know, you, you have people maybe asking you questions or looking to you for advice. So you think, okay, how can I turn this into a business? How can I give this advice? How can I package it? How can I sell it? So let's say, I think a good gauge would be like 15 years ago when we met, I think 2004, I was selling eBooks, courses. I was doing some coaching that I kind of made up as people would ask. I'd be like, well, what, what do you think? Four months at X dollars? They're like, okay, it sounds good. Didn't really have this down to a system yet. What changed everything for me is when I was actually part of, um, I don't know if some of you listening know who Dan Kennedy is. He's the grumpy old marketing mentor. He's been around for years. He worked in a lot of the early Guthy Ranker campaigns. Absolutely brilliant guy. I was the first woman in one of their masterminds. And that's a whole other show. Like, <laughs> that's, that that really is, that is, we could do a whole show on being the only woman leader in a room. Three, full me of too. Yeah. Like, just speaking. Yeah. But man, I love those meetings. I just was like a sponge soaking up all this marketing information and stuff. And I was sitting in that room of these people and I'm thinking, well, I could do something like this. It'd be really great to get some of these, especially women, together and get together a high-end group of women. And I was really one of the first people selling these types of masterminds. And remember, this was 2005 is when I launched the first one. People had never heard of this. They were blown away. And from there, it just started to grow. And I want to say, you know, I'd say half of this was me taking a risk 
and just having fun with this and knowing that I was working with my strengths. The other half, I want to say it was being in the right place at the right time. I want to acknowledge that because this was before most people had heard of this stuff. Everyone was excited to grow their business and I had great stuff. I proved it. I would open up my shopping cart in front of everyone in the audience and say, look, it's, I'm not just making this up. I'm not writing a book report. This is you know, stuff I do. And so I'd do something and then teach it, do something, teach it. And just started to grow and grow and grow. And we had reached the point probably that I knew something had to change. I would say probably around 2010, 2011 is when I started seeing huge shifts in the industry. I don't know if you'd agree with me on those I, years, Kelly. Abs, I've talked about yeah. it all the time. That's okay. exactly when I saw it too. Yeah, because social media started coming out. Well, I remember 2007 getting on Facebook, being like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then everyone's getting on there. And then suddenly something happened. I don't even like to talk about it. <laughs> it was just like this weird time that suddenly everyone's around you saying the same things. It was like you wake up and suddenly you're looking at Facebook. I'm like, oh, that was, I was doing, oh, what's this? Who's she? Like just, it was like every day, just terrifying. Like and, um, coaching. <laughs> it was. But I, I, to a point, I kind of ignored it. We kept growing. We were doing great. I will say the moment we knew something was amiss is my team came to me and they said, we're getting a lot of questions about the new program. I said, well, that's great. They want to know what the difference is between what you're teaching and what these cool girls with these really cool videos they're dancing in is the difference. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And they said, no, we're getting these questions. So I realized a few things had happened. Number one, the industry had become more about entertainment. Number two was... I had lost my positioning mm -hmm. and it was my fault because I was not looking ahead enough. And number three, I needed probably to, you know, it was hard for me to admit at the time, but I was getting a bit bored. I was getting a bit bored creatively. I realized at that point that I have about a three-year creative cycle. This is something good for all of you to think about because when you think about also being women in the working world, these are new problems for us to have. It's hard for us to admit sometimes that we go out and reach a goal. And now it's very natural to want something different, to change lanes, to say, I want to do this, to do what we call the sharp right turn. And so personally, I was feeling this itch at the same time. And that was really the perfect storm in wanting to make some changes in what I was doing, in the business. And I think no coincidence that is also the exact same time I got the invite to be on Secret Millionaire, which I wasn't even going to mention, but you mentioned it. So maybe well, the reason I mentioned it specifically is because I know what a massive impact personally and spiritually it had on you. We got a phone call. Actually, my team did, my endless team. I don't remember who it was, right? <laughs> the team upon team. Upon <laughs> Your team, team was like, like it went up the chain and someone, we're in a meeting and they're like, uh, we got a phone call from ABC. I'm like, oh, okay, what's this? Oh, TV. They're like, well, wait, let's tell, let me tell you what this involves. You're going to be living on welfare. You're giving away a hundred grand. I'm like, who's hundred grand? You know, yours. And you're going to be volunteering in some hard situations. It's this show. It's called Secret Millionaire. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I said, do some research, come back. And then I looked at it too. And there was something about this that sounded so scary and at the same time, very intriguing. And the show had been done before in Australia and the UK, so it was proven. I knew that they weren't going to sandbag me. You know, you see these reality shows, sometimes people have been tricked and they're not told the truth. But I was very much putting myself on the line because I don't know if you all know this, but when you sign these contracts with these networks, first of all, it's completely one-sided. You're signing away and recording snippets of your voice so they can craft you pretty much saying anything they want to. 
And you're signing a document saying that even after all this is over and you've given away $100,000 of your money to these organizations or people that you choose, you know, the show takes you on this journey, it's possible the show could not air. So when you're saying yes to this, it really has to be for the experience. And I had so many talks with the producers and this amazing woman named Leslie was the head producer. And I have to still give her a shout out. She's the one who really got me to say yes. And without coercion, just because I trusted her so much. And she sat down with me and answered all my questions. So the premise of the show is they take a successful person away from their normal life and you kind of live underground for a week. You survive on welfare wages, which for a woman in LA, single woman was $50. You know, that was interesting enough. And the kicker though was being introduced to people in these situations that, you know, living in LA and I know you've lived there too, Kelly, like the homeless situation, you just get used to it. You walk by it, you think, oh, that's terrible. And, and you may give people money sometimes or organizations, but you never think, how can I really jump in here and help? Mm -hmm. Am I going to sit down and have a conversation with this person? It was a great experience. If you want to see it, I think it's still on Amazon or Hulu and it's like, you know, four bucks on Amazon or something. You will see me and I'm not exaggerating here, you will see me transform on the show. And I knew something was wrong when we started filming on like a Sunday and it was when Wednesday. And I remember thinking that I actually didn't want to come back. I was having mm -hmm. so much enjoyment of the space and time and talking with people and having time to think about what I really wanted. I didn't have a phone. I didn't know really what day it was. No one could reach me. And I'm like, is this normal to be enjoying this experience? so much. I'm asking the producer. I'm like, I'm kind of liking this, you know? Don't You're like from mansion to seedy hotel room. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, my schedule in life was like every five minutes and having meetings upon meetings and all the team and all the clients. And I hadn't had space. And I describe it as like on your phone, when the GPS gets wonky, you shake it up, you shake it up and then look at your phone again. And that's, that's really what it did to me. And when I came back, that was the first domino of several kind of life things that happened that made me really want to reevaluate two things on the internal, like what I really wanted. You know, I was in my 40s then, um, and I still am. I'm 47 now. But as you enter your 40s, I think a lot of women agree, like you start saying, okay, you know, this, what are we really doing here? What is this yeah. really about? And then on an external side, though, realizing it could be a great chance to make a lot of changes in the business, how things are run what types of people I work with, like really just getting to what I really loved and what generated, you know, very effortless revenue with not so much effort. It was a big change to make because I had a huge team and a lot of programs and things to dismantle. So that's where I ended up there. So one of the things that is important to note is Ali is an innovator, profitpreneur type. And we'll tell you at the end of the show how you can find out which kind of profitpreneur you are. But as an innovator, what that means is she is all about creation, innovation, moving things forward, being on the cutting edge. A lot of our really creative types. And what happens is, as she said, she calls it a three-year cycle. Once they've created something, then the juice is kind yeah. of gone. Yawn. Uh-huh. Yawn. Totally. They need to do something else or they need to do it differently. They want to move things forward, which is why entrepreneurs like Ali when they're aligned with their zone of genius, as she's talking about, and they're honoring that inner innovator in there, it's why they create, I'll use your word, such iconic movement in industries and in business. And I had built myself though and boxed myself into being a CEO. And there's a distinction there. And I think your quiz identifies that as well, right? Because I think you were surprised that you thought I would be CEO. 
I thought you would either be CEO or strategist, but I knew that you were creative because I mean, again, you came from the agency world where you were doing copywriting. I mean, I was kind of surprised, but it made sense. And it was interesting because I think your quiz was the first one I had taken that really made that specific distinction, which I thought was cool. At that time, when I look back now, that explains everything because I had boxed myself into being a CEO and thought I wanted this empire. Now I'm rebuilding that from a great place, but knowing exactly the role and place that I want to play and how hard I want it to be and not want it to be. Like, like very, very clear with myself at this point in my life, what I'm interested in and what I'm not interested in. I think a lot of you listening, whether you're a man or woman, you know, like when you get to that, oh God, I hate the word midlife. Is there a word, new word for that? Like, um, I, I don't know. We'll have to think of one. We'll have to, we're creative. We'll make something yeah. up. We'll make something <laughs> up and get back really, to you. I think, and again, remember, this is all new for women. We didn't have these careers like two generations ago. Like it's, it's all new. So we don't even have the language to describe a lot of this, but I just started getting really excited. You know, when I started making these changes saying, oh my gosh, I want to get back to working in my genius, being more creative and working with the clients I really wanted to. But everyone gets scared because I see this happening. You build a business from a place of a formula and we all go out and that's how we all learned. I looked around me, you looked around you, Everyone listening, you probably looked around like, here's how we do things. If you're starting a business, we follow, the, we follow the blueprint. Yeah, follow the blueprint. You look at what's going on. Here's how we do business here. That's how I got started. And that's how a lot of us do. But there's going to be a defining moment where you're like, oh, this doesn't fit anymore. This doesn't feel good. And I'm going to be making some changes. And the biggest mistake I see even some very good business coaches making is they're telling their clients to continue building upon a formula, the same formula and just continue to add on to it, continue to complexify it, continue to push the model. If they're not getting results, just put more money into it. And it's actually the opposite. You need to start doing like CSI on your business. You need to start dismantling things. There needs you need to, to do the profitology a, process. <laughs> that's exactly. They, they need a disconnection um, mm-hmm. from usually several elements of their business before they go to rebuild the next level. I love it. And that's really what you did. Because you and I had talked about this, that we both hit that point in our career, which is actually where I created the entire profitology process from having that same feeling of like, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more life than this. I've built this business and I'm not having fun anymore. For those of you who don't know, Ali was running a massive empire. I mean, she had programs with hundreds of women in them. and We did events in Vegas. We rented out Tao. We had, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a production. And then all of a sudden she just kind of quietly. Dis- I told her it wound up. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, huh, where the hell did she go? Now I'm wondering, went- what did you think was going on when you saw me kind of just like pull back into the cave and make some changes? What did you think was going on? You know, I wasn't sure. I mean, there were rumors around that you were having business problems. And then when you let your team go, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's because she, you know, she can't pay them. She's on the street. She's on, she's, she's, now she's a real secret millionaire, you know? And, but then I was like, you know, well, wait a minute. She's just had some kids. And so I just kind of quietly watched and saw what you were doing. And now, since you and I have talked and I, now I know exactly what was going on. And that's the exact same thing that went on in my business. I 1,000% get it. So why don't you share with them what was kind of going on for you? 
let me tell a quick story just to illustrate what was going on. So, and here's what cracks me up, okay? I want all of you listening. You go finally meet the partner of your dreams and suddenly get pregnant with twins. If you don't think you're going to make some changes in your life, it's just funny what people think. By the way, this is the hardest part. And this is the part that everyone doesn't like, like, because you want to make changes, but you've built this thing and you have a great team too. And, And sometimes they're an amazing team. The positions and the needs of the business are going to be changing. And what you want is changing. And you probably want to hire net. There's a word called net, everybody, which ends up for many of us being the most important number, what you bring home for you and your family. And so everything started to shift. And I'm thinking, well, the first thing is, if I'm going to make these, I mapped out the changes I wanted in the business. And here's the part we don't like, is that probably required some changes in the team. And I didn't need a team of 20 people anymore. I didn't even need a COO anymore. I realized, my God, this is so simple. And I remember sitting here with Brett going through this, going like, oh my gosh, like all these positions aren't even going to be needed. And then here's what we do. I started thinking maybe I could create another program that they could work in. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Do you hear what I'm doing right now? This is what we do sometimes. So especially when you have good people. So this took a lot of courage, but I had to think about the right time. And I had some conversations with some of them saying, this has been an amazing ride. I think you know that I'm what you've probably been sensing. I want to make some changes in my life and the business. Let me know if you would like other clients, if you'd like to start a business of your own. I mean, I had these great conversations and most of them went fine. And then I decided which team members I was going to keep and they would become contractors and get their own clients as well. And now three of them are running their own multiple six-figure businesses, which they would have never had if they were still an employee for me. So I believe like everything works out in the end. So I'd had these conversations and literally like a week later, I get a text from a friend of mine in the industry saying, I just heard from so-and-so that you fired your entire team. Is everything okay? This is what happens, right? It had gone around America that I was on the street with a cardboard sign and the dog. (laughs) Then I realized what a facade most of our industry really is. Everyone literally is taking face value at what they see online as the complete story. I mean, how does someone not know that, first of all, I'm going to make changes when I had a family. And then the second thing is there's other businesses and investments and things that people do besides run online programs. Do you hear where I'm going with this? Like, how do people even know what's going on like in our whole life and what we have put away? And it's just so funny. So literally people saw no program must mean no money. Like that's what they're thinking in their head. After I laughed at that and just said, my God, this is nuts. First, I wrote a blog post because anytime something like this happens, it's great material. So make notes on it, you know, write about it. We had this discussion, Kelly, when you see stuff in the forums you're like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. Make a note. It's good. Write this stuff down. Yeah, Ali told me I'm not allowed to comment in forums anymore. I've been banned. Kelly's not allowed to comment. She could just make notes. Yeah. (laughs) I get sucked in. I get sucked in. Because you're like, I know I could debate with them on this really well. And when I decided to make the changes, I looked at a few things. Number one, where's my zone of genius versus excellence? Um, At my event, Iconic, I have everyone read a book called The Big Leap. It's by Gay Hendricks. When I read that at a certain time, it just like ran through my body like a bolt of lightning. And what it talks about is those of us who are smart and successful, we get to a place of excellence. And then sometimes we're like restless or it's not working all the way for us. And we wonder why. It's because there's another level. It's the zone of genius. And that is where it's the biggest blessing to be able to play. And that's where I sat down and said, you know what? I think I've been stuck in excellence and I want to move into genius. So who are the clients that I love talking to that I don't have problems with, that they have the money to pay me and it's where I'm untouchable. And I rebuilt my business from there. And I also rebuilt it very simply. 
And it was a little challenging for me to get my head around having such a simple business again. My ego fought it. Like no matter how much money mm-hmm. I was, making, I wanted like to be able to say, but I have 5,000 people in this program or something like that. And I really had to reorient my mind around new metrics for my business. That's something else we talk about at Iconic is we all get into industries trained to honor certain metrics. Some In the speaking industry, for example, it's how many butts you get in a room. No one's saying, oh, but they bought 10 friends for free and their dog, right? Or who you're showing up with on stage. Like, who are you speaking with? Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, she filled the room. And everyone's like, wow, that's awesome. No one's thinking what, if it even makes sense to fill a room. For example, you may be looking at two coaches right now in the industry and say you're comparing them side by side. And one of them, you see jam-packed full rooms, right? And the other one has smaller workshops. Likely, I'm going to tell you right now, because I've worked with a lot of people, the smaller workshop one maybe have a higher net than the other coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's very likely. So it's these metrics and it really comes down to you and what you want and giving yourself permission. So for me now, my metric is time spent each day in my genius that I'm like really enjoying myself. It's the kind of clients I work with. It's the amount of time I have with my family. It's the amount of time I have to work on creative projects. I've set new metrics for myself and a great number called net, which I, again, suggest everyone revisit for themselves personally, not the company, but you. We're not getting younger. It's very important, especially for women. There's a difference in what the women carry versus the guys. And I have women coming in, you know, running great businesses, but they're also probably supporting kids. They're supporting their parents sometimes right? The mom comes in and moves in with them. Like my mom's here in the back. She's in the casita, probably watching Fox News all day. I don't, I don't go in there. She's invited in once a day. (laughs) (laughs) And she needs tech support. She needs, she does need tech support. And, you know, we carry so much more and we should be really focusing on making and putting away more money than we did before. As we get older, you absolutely have to, you have more to carry. You know, one of the things I talk about, and you and I have so many similarities in our belief systems and, you know, just some of our experiences and the way that we've watched the industry change. I had actually posted a article in our private premiere group about a concept called mental load. Mm-hmm. And mental load is the invisible workload that is primarily carried by women. It's not just that we're running our businesses. Like as an example, if I ask my partner, do you know what the name of our vet is? Probably not. Do you know when the puppies need shots? No. Do you know what kind of food that they get? No. (laughs) You know, it's the remembering of all those types of things that we also as women have to carry. Absolutely. And we need more support than we think we do. And and that's somewhere I run into uh, having to do typically a bit of coaching with the women I work with in that they won't give themselves permission to get enough support, not only for their business, but for themselves personally, that literally, I mean, you can't be working on these big ideas and they'd be like, oh my God, I forgot to defrost the chicken. Like, but these are the conversations we have in our head all day, unless Mm -hmm. we're really careful. So what does cultivating the courage to be iconic in your industry mean to you? And really, why is it important? In fact, vital, especially now. When I use the word iconic, when I first came across it, it just stood out as very magical to me on a few levels. One is I think the mainstream conversation right now for women is actually a bit limiting that women are focused so much on equality and and there's some great things that the Me Too movement has done, but at the same time, we need to fix what's wrong. There's a lot of correction that needs to happen. Don't get me wrong. But beyond that now, think, think with me here beyond that especially for the women in business. I don't want them on thinking enough. I want them thinking iconic because 
when they think of that big idea or the shift in their thinking or how they're going to change their industry or what they really want to do, sometimes it's going to require a great change from what they're doing now. And there's a courage that's required in a few ways. One is it's a different courage than was required when you started your business because you're probably going to have some ego dancing to do when you're walking away or changing or making that sharp right turn from where you were successful and proven internally and externally, because most people will not understand and you have to be okay with them not understanding. So there's a courage there in knowing that they will be talking about you and what is she doing and like, how could she walk away from that? And maybe what's really going on? On top of that, it's the courage to be speaking out and saying things that are different from everyone else around you. Because right now we're programmed for likes. We are psychologically Mm -hmm. programmed to get as many likes as we can. There's a reason why social media is all set up like that. And I'll agree, sometimes I'll post to be like, oh, that's great, this got more likes. You know, they'll post something totally profound and like no one reads it, you know. (laughs) My new haircut. True true story, understand the struggle there, sister. 300 likes on Instagram, the new haircut. And then I try to explain something like globally going on for women and no one cares. We all look for likes and the shift you have to make when you want to truly step into your iconic work, whether you know what it is right now or not, but just feel this with me, is wanting to be respected more than you are liked. And that's very hard. That's another element of the courage. And the third is that this disconnection, I think, in in all the women I've worked with, and also just kind of in retrospect, looking at myself and the changes I make, the hardest things were often not external. They were internal. And they were where my ego got very, very attached to being successful and making shifts away from that. When we start a business, there's always that risk. There's that excitement. There's courage that's required. But you do have more to lose. Once you're at that higher level and you have established business and brand, it's a bigger shift than you may realize. So looking back now, what is the best piece of advice that you would have given yourself before you stepped into your iconic genius? Like, what's the piece of advice you wish someone had told you five or 10 years ago? I'm trying to avoid things that are cliche. Well, they're cliche for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's probably freaking true. Do the opposite of what everyone in your industry is doing. I didn't look ahead as much as I should have been. And I was so wrapped up in the business and taking care of it. And the numbers that we did have, I wasn't looking down the pike saying, you know what? All this is going to change. We saw this coming, but we kept saying, well, We don't have to worry about it because we actually know what we're doing. Well, guess what? They can't perceive that. And I remember there was one year I went out and really won most of those awards. And you know why? That was a very strategic decision. And I share this story because people think this stuff just happens and it doesn't. Sometimes it will, but most times it won't. And that was a strategic position when we were starting to get those questions saying, what's the difference with, with your programs and this? I'm thinking, oh my God, if they don't know... I mean, I could tell them, but maybe we can get some type of third-party validation. You know, where could we get this? I went out and had my team research awards. And I said, listen, we can't decide if we win, but it's our job to let these people know I'm here. Then they could decide if I should win this thing or not. I said, nominate me for these things. Get on all the lists. Let everyone know I'm here. Fill out the forms with all the information on the numbers. And I ended up winning a bunch of these awards. And that was great for credibility. It was great for positioning. I didn't do it soon enough. And it's something that I recommend to all of the women I work with because you get to a certain point that you're very comfortable, the clients may know you, but it's an amazing credibility tool. Words are one thing, but even starting a podcast like you did, Kelly, like things that position you in a place that your message and 
what you're doing and how you're getting things out there is going to be different than a lot of the people around you. A lot of people have a podcast, but not many people are going to have one like yours. I love it. I love it, you guys. Allie, thank you for being here with us today. For those of you who'd like to connect with Allie, Allie is obviously all over social media. You can go check her out on her website, alliebrown.com. And she also has a phenomenal podcast called Glambition Radio. Thanks for joining us, Allie. Thank you. I hope you liked this episode of the Profitology Podcast. If you did, please share this show with someone that you know and help spread the word to your followers on social media. Profitology is a movement, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with each and every one of you. Now, I'd love to know which of the eight types of profitpreneur that you are. You can find out in less than 10 minutes at theprofitassessment.com. Once you get your results, I'd love to hear from you. So post on social media and tag me. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.